Hello and welcome to the Flix Forum podcast, where each episode we go back and we look at a Netflix original film in the order of release. This episode, we have Netflix 153rd film. It's from 2019. It's a comedy. It's called Wine Country, and it's directed by Amy Poehler. It also stars Amy Poehler, um, Maya Rudolph, Rachel Dratch, Anna Geister, Paula Powell, Emily Spivey, Jason Schwartzman, and Tina Fey. I am here with MJ. Hello. How are you? I'm good. Out of all the names for you to struggle with in that, Paula Pell, like it's, yeah. <laughs> it's a straightforward name. I, I stuffed myself up because I screwed up Anna's name and then um, I, it threw me uh, off completely. So, you know. <laughs> your brain had already moved on to Paula Pell, but your mouth hadn't gone there yet. And then we, we did have a brief discussion about pronunciation of the title. And I was thinking that in my whole head, that I needed to make sure I said country properly. Um, <laughs> so we, we've got there. So we, we, how, what's going on? It's good to, good to see you again. It is good to see you again. This is one of those movies that um, felt very big when it came out. I think it must have had a bit of promotional push behind it. And obviously there's a lot of familiar names with it. As, as we've talked about it before, when it came out, I was like, oh, we'll do this in the podcast one day. <laughs> in the very, very uh, long future. And here we are, we're doing wine country. We, we sure are. And that will probably lead us into us kicking off with our fast flicks where we do a quick little summary of what the film's all about. So give us your thoughts, MJ. Oh, yeah. Wine country is a group of women who have been friends for decades, embark on a weekend away where, unbeknownst to them at the time, plenty of Dirty Laundry is about to get aired out. Ooh, yes, so I, I like that. That's, that's very good. So Mine's very similar, just different words. And I've said this is six longtime friends escaping for a weekend away to celebrate a birthday and what their friendship actually means. Ooh, ooh I wonder what it does mean. Um, <laughs> and spoiler alert, if uh, you want to watch this film, uh, we're going to ruin this probably uh, quite a bit. So give us a pause, come back later on, and we're going to lead into how this arrived on netflix and i'm really looking forward to hearing mj spill the beans yeah cool so this is one of those films from what i can gather that netflix uh basically commissioned themselves from the very start um march 20 2018 it was announced that they had green lit a comedy that was titled wine country um amy Poller was on board to make her directorial debut it was being executive produced uh, by Amy Poehler alongside Carla Hack and Morgan Sackett. And the film was written by Emily Spivy and Liz Kikowski, both who were actually in the film. Um, I didn't know this until I, until I read this, but it was actually inspired by a real-life trip by the Saturday Night Live stars when they went away for Rachel Dratch's 50th birthday. And again, in the film, Rachel Dratch's character is celebrating her 50th birthday. So... Um, from what one thing that I did like is that for her actual one in real life, she did hire a chef to cook a paella uh, for her and the buddies. That was a recurring joke within the film. Um, her actual birthday, though, did took place in Sonoma County, not Napa Valley. So hmm, maybe they didn't go true to script on that one. <laughs> uh, either way, principal photography began March 22, 2018 in LA. Uh, also took place in Napa. Uh, They also did some shooting in Calistoga in California. The filming reportedly ended uh, early June in 2018. So it's quite a decent sized shoot. It actually sounded like it would have been a lot of fun to shoot. Um, 
it's got a real kind of Adam Sandler getting his buddies together to make a film kind of vibes. All these guys are friends. I think most of them were actually went on this trip for, for Rachel Dratch's birthday. Uh, and then they just decided to, to make a movie about the similar premise. So it was released, interestingly, in select theatres on the 8th of May, 2019. And then Netflix uh, two days later on the 10th of May. Surprising, actually, that, that they did a, a small theatrical release. Surely Netflix really wanted to lean into the, the streaming side of things, I would have thought. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, it's obviously uh, probably playing on the the big name cast and the the Saturday Night Live connections. That uh, maybe they thought you know a couple of people R rated sort of comedy come out mm. R rated in America um, come out and, and yeah. see it if you if you're a big follower of some of these people possibly. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, um, I've got a couple of other little bits and pieces to do with the film, I guess where. Um, it is about obviously visiting lots of wineries, but uh, unfortunately the cast didn't uh, get the chance to get smashed. Um, every every scene that they were in, they they said they only drank wine in one actual scene. Um, couldn't find out what scene that was, but mm. only in in one scene. Uh, I think that the other interesting thing is that uh, Amy Poehler's character in this uses a sleep apnea machine, and um, that's actually her her machine that she took on set. So that was a a nice little uh, sticking to the truth a little bit in that. Uh, last last week you mentioned that you want to see the tagline for a film, so I, I was yes, like, oh yeah, I'm gonna please. I'm gonna gonna work out what the tagline for this one is, and this one was friendship is a trip. Uh, so, oh, that's bad. <laughs> I, th- I think this could be a regular occurrence now. I think I think the taglines. No, I like taglines. Yep. Yeah, they can be pretty ordinary. Um, <laughs> no, but they can be really good too. So okay. the thing I love about taglines is, is you know, I, I kind of had a job previously where I worked in advertising for, for new theatrical releases and we would often work on a strategy um, as to how we want to market the film. And there's a whole host of processes that you go down to find out what that strategy is going to be. And then you end up with, Basically, it's like a tagline as to how you're going to market the film. And it's funny how often that tagline actually coincides with the tagline of the film, because in a sense, that tagline is a way of marketing the film. Uh, so I've always taken an interest in taglines, and there are some really good taglines out there. And that's why I would like to task you to continue to read out our taglines. And you can see if they're actually phoning it in or they've actually put a bit of thought into it. This one is definitely phoning it in. <laughs> good. I'm, I'm up for the challenge. Um, as usual, too, I looked at a couple of translations for this one around the world. Uh, in a lot of uh, Spanish-speaking places, so like Argentina, Mexico, Brazil, um, it was called Between Wine and Vinegar, which I thought was a very uh, very interesting. Uh, I don't know if that's because wine goes off, so the friendships are going off and it turns to vinegar. I don't know if that's what they were going with. Uh, I thought that was interesting. Uh, in Spain, it's called Friends with Tradition. In France, it was simply called a weekend in Napa, so it doesn't just doesn't really give much context. But I guess that's don't mind that one. Um, in Poland, it was called a bitter wine, and uh, oh, yeah. and Vietnam have just gone with the the idea that this was a party, and they've called it sisters party. So, so, uh, <laughs> so some nice. Well, Aggie Poller and Tina Fey did star in that movie called Sisters. sisters. So very true. <laughs> Cash in on it. Um, <laughs> I got a little bit lost in some of the IMDb stuff for this. And there's a frequently asked question part about this. And someone put up a question saying, how the hell did this film get made? And you have to click on the spoiler response button to see what the, the response was. And the response was Netflix will make anything. 
<laughs> I just thought that was a, I thought that was a cool little response from someone. <laughs> That's a spoiler response. Yeah, yeah, I know. It was, it was great. Um, yeah, the other thing is um, Brene Brown. There's this TED talker that the girls sort of um, chat with in in one of the restaurant scenes. I had no idea who she was, but looking into it a little bit, this was a little bit of a, a Netflix cross promotion because um, she'd actually oh, re- no. released a, a stand up um, TED talk type of special on netflix like two weeks before this came out so they'd obviously tied that in nicely to know that um they were going to be releasing around the same time so that was uh, quite a little interesting thing (laughs) and that is how this film got made hey paula you can make your own comedy do whatever you want but you need to include what was her name brene brown brene brown yeah um like you mentioned before um did have a theatrical release and it, it was nominated for one award at the california on location awards for the location team of the year for a studio feature film. Um, another film we've covered was actually nominated for the same award, Triple Frontier. Um, okay. And it was won by Captain Marvel um, in the end. So interesting little um, little thing there. But that will lead us to the consensus time, I think. What what have you got for what people are saying about this? Yeah, it's, you know, it's kind of middle of the road to slightly under, under par. 5.5 out of 10 on IMDb, 20,000 ratings. 2.6 out of 5 on Letterboxd, nearly 26,000 ratings. And I think we're getting to a point now where Letterboxd is just becoming quite mainstream. And I like it. The fact that there's more ratings on Letterboxd. And now Letterboxd is a platform that you are encouraged to rate movies, whereas IMDb is more of a movie database, as is in the title. But a movie like Wine Country, which feels very, very mainstream, um, having more ratings on Letterboxd and IMDb is, is, is cool. Letterboxd is becoming a real thing. I love it. A good point. I, I enjoy that point too. Um, Rotten Tomatoes, <laughs> the, the critics, 86 people, well, 86 critics had seen it. So it, it sits on fresh, not certified. Um, 66%, so only just fresh. The audience had it a lot lower. Audience had it at 30%. That's on over 500 people. So uh, very, very low for uh, Rotten Tomatoes, three out of 10. Like that's, that's, that's the lowest out of all of them. So mm. yeah, interesting thoughts there. Uh, what are your early thoughts for this one? <laughs> I, I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Um, I mean, we spoke last week. This is probably not a movie that's aimed at you or I. Um, and there were some scenes and some moments that I understood the relatability of it. I just didn't connect with it because it just wasn't for me. Uh, and I often thought, like, I reckon if my mum was watching this, she'd probably be laughing right now. Um, and that's not to say that there weren't some real shockers <laughs> in this film. And if you want to break it down, you can find some really bad moments. But I weirdly reflect on this film a little bit more fondly than I probably should. So maybe don't let me dig too deep on this one because I might find out that I really didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if we can uh, change your, your rating at the end and see if you can adjust it. Um, I, yeah, I, I'm very, very similar here. Obviously not the demographic for this film. Um, and I think that if you have to work really hard to try and find some laughs or some laugh out moments when you're not that demographic, it makes it a lot harder um, to connect with it. And unfortunately the the jokes just weren't really landing for me it's it, the jokes talking about the jokes i think that they seemed like a whole bunch of in jokes that the cast had amongst themselves and i sort of felt like an outsider that wasn't involved in those those jokes or those good times that they were having um i think that's probably yeah where I, where i'm feeling a little bit left out on this one whether they're in jokes or they're jokes that a 50 year old woman and her friends would get that's the yeah. i kind of felt the same way like oh i get why it's funny but i don't think it's funny um mm. But I, did, I, did, I chuckled a few times. I definitely didn't laugh, but I did like a, 
Yeah. Like I wasn't expecting. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, good. Yeah, that was that was a good laugh. Um, let's let's look at some characters in this one. I think we we've got and this is another one of those films, I guess, where they have a big big cast that you're trying to focus on. So there's six of these uh, main characters that we're following and and trying to learn a little bit about each one. So what can you fill us in on on some of these characters? Well, before I talk individually about characters, I, I have a theory that this film actually would have worked better if there was one big issue that didn't necessarily need resolving, but it was just part of the group. One big issue because I started to lose focus on what was the big picture play here. I know that there was a level of just the friendships, you know, trying to be honest with each other and airing out their own concerns and issues. But initially I thought that like Abby losing her job was this big thing and, and, and they kind of do this big reveal, but then it doesn't really go anywhere either. And then you sort of think that, Naomi's blood test results is going to be the main thing, but that doesn't really go anywhere either. And then Catherine's TV show opportunity is constantly addressed and probably given the most airtime, though it never really felt that important. And then it kind of fell flat anyway. And then you could argue that Rebecca eventually planning to leave her husband is huge. But again, it kind of gets lost in all these other issues that are going on. I understand that it's important to give characters their own motivations. and, And I respect them for doing that because often, criticize movies that um, don't have three-dimensional characters and they only exist in the main protagonist world. But in this case, I think all these characters having one really big issue each kind of diluted the whole story. So I still want to talk about the characters individually, but I just want to preface it by I think that overarching issue uh, made things a little bit harder for me. What do you yeah. think about that? Yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying because I think that if they had have made a much clearer connection with each of the issues of each of the characters being to do with growing old or becoming, or, you know, um, getting on in age and, and in life, then maybe if you stick with that one underlying uh, issue with each of them, then maybe it would have uh, landed a little bit better. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. I just, I just was kind of like, okay, well, shoot, we've got this big issue. Oh, we've got this big issue. And like, I'm trying to watch comedy here and, um, anyway, we'll start with, with Abby, who's, who's played Amy, Amy Poehler. And I, I like Amy Poehler. I love Parks and Rec. And I was kind of curious to see what else she could do, particularly with the creative control of being director. But this is literally just like Leslie Note from Parks and Rec on a girls' weekend. And it was fine. But I've just said it all before. And I was kind of just like, all right, next. I'm, I'm, I'm done with this Amy, uh, Amy Poehler humor a little bit. Like, it's, it's still funny, but yeah, it didn't really do much for me. Yeah, it's almost waiting for Aziz to just pop up in the background somewhere and, <laughs> and make some sort of random um, reference. But yeah, I, I think it, you're exactly right. It's that same character, that uptight character that um, mm. is too scared to step away from that routine or the scheduling and and not having fun because of that. And that was clear in her. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and Rebecca, obviously her, it was her birthday weekend. We never really go into the whole husband thing it's kind of like a bit of a joke that everyone comments on it every now and then like oh your husband this and then at the end she's just like oh yeah he's a jerk i'm gonna leave it oh yeah i, I slept with devon like it's like what like <laughs> i don't know like again just a really big issue that just kind of got lost in all the other issues and i don't have much more to say about rebecca unfortunately yeah the the whole idea of 
feedback with her that was that was that was probably the the one part about her that you know that was that constant that you could see and I don't know whether they're trying to play on that idea that she's not very good at taking feedback herself on her relationships and and who she is um considering that you know she was a psychoanalysis or something that was her that was her I didn't know that until really late right yeah (laughs) yeah yeah, (laughs) um yeah I, I I think that her being the well she was the catalyst of this party she's the catalyst of turning 50 so she's the that representation of of age and that fear of age and mm-hmm. i think that her character did a good job of deflecting that throughout um with you know wanting everyone to have a good time and trying to deflect the issues in her her life i guess even though she didn't get as much time as some of the others mm, yep that's fair yeah uh, i got Catherine. Catherine actually felt like a complete outsider. <laughs> like I made me wonder if they actually wanted her there. I was kind of waiting for this proper reconciliation where you would truly feel that she was part of the group, but I never actually got that. Even at the end, I still felt like she was an outsider. And that's great that she's dedicated to her work and um, and that's something that she's actually passionate about. I think that that shouldn't be lost on anyone, that that's still a good thing to do. And then she realized that friendship's important as well. I still didn't feel a connection that she had with the rest of the group. No, and they, I think they, they do lots of these side comments about, you know, oh, you didn't book for me because you didn't think, you know, all that sort of stuff. And the one thing that I grasped from her was that she's gone into this frozen pizza business with food because of that connection she's had with a friend. So I mm. like, I think like what you're saying, I would have liked a little bit more of that reconnection with her because even her giving up on that reality TV show didn't, why did she, she didn't necessarily need to give up on that. Cause it wasn't like she had an alternative that she was going to go do something else. It was like, cool, let's take this opportunity, but I can still be with my friends. Like it, it didn't, <laughs> yeah. it didn't make sense that she just gave it up anyway, because she That's spent the whole film point. film being so focused on it. Yeah. It's not like they're going to go on trip every second week now because she's mm. not doing a reality TV show. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. You can do both. <laughs> um, Naomi played by Maya Rudolph. She actually felt quite real. Um, the character, the mom, still likes to sort of break out with her mates. I think sadly the Maya Rudolph humor that I'm generally all in for fell really flat in this film. I didn't think that, I, interestingly, I thought Amy Poehler and Maya Rudolph's characters were probably the least funny out of them all, uh, which is a bit of a shame because they're probably the draw cards. But uh, there, there was something nice and comforting about this Naomi character. I think it, it kind of did work for me. Yeah, I, th- I think they overdid the medical results a little bit too much. Like, oh, did they, they what? Like, you need that reveal. You don't need to show it two, three times and then do the reveal. You show it once and then have that in the back of your mind as an audience the whole time that this, this is, yeah. we're going to find out eventually what's going to happen. And I, I think the, the most relatable thing for her to me was, you know, a, a night without the kids, let's get smashed. And um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, that, was, yeah. That, that was the, that was the enjoyable part with her. <laughs> All right, Val. Now Val, this this is my girl. I, I thought I thought that she was hilarious, and from about twenty minutes in, I actually got disappointed when, when she wasn't in a scene. I thought I just I loved I loved that she was she seemed to be quite a good friend. She did all the right things. She had this boisterous sense of humor that I thought was really really funny, uh, and she had a you know enjoyable enough storyline. In fact, you know what? Maybe why I liked her is because her issue that she had which was that she just wanted to hook up with someone. wasn't that big an issue. So it didn't dilute from anything else. Maybe that helped as well. But I just thought she was really funny. I really I really enjoyed Paula Pell's performance as well. 
thought you were going to like her because she reminded me very, <laughs> very, very much of a character in Little Evil that we covered a while ago. It was like the um, real tough, gruff, um, sort of like truck driver. Oh, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and I, I remember, yeah. yeah, I remember you, and I was like, this is a similar sort of character. So I thought you might like oh, her. <laughs> um, they were similar. And she yeah. was great too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like that idea. She's on the, like her part about you know her age is that she's had her knees done and <laughs> do cartwheels and stuff. I was like, I don't know if that was necessarily needed. Um, I was I, I was probably the most disappointed in her mini arc, I guess, out of anyone because I thought that the connection she was building with that Jade character was was quite good, and I was just extremely disappointed that in the end she tried to charge her for a hookup, and I it just didn't sit right with me at all. Yeah, I agree. The Jade character just flipped completely from mm. the when she was a waitress to when she was at the art show. It was like a different person. That yeah. bothered me. Yeah, I agree. Uh, my dad actually had knee surgery yesterday, and I'm going to send him the clip of of um, <laughs> Val with her new knees. <laughs> like, I'm looking forward to seeing you doing this. <laughs> um, Jenny, Jenny, Emily Spivy. So Emily Spivy actually wrote the uh, screenplay. So and Jenny, I thought she was pretty funny too, actually. Um, the whole detached, anxious type of humor kind of worked on me a little bit. I thought she was a lot more subtle than others, but I think she was a good fit. And it's interesting that I like Jenny and Val the most because they're probably the most complimentary pieces to the rest of the group. Uh, and I think without overdoing either character, both worked quite well. Yeah, I, I just uh, would have liked some further insight into why she was so scared of everything. I don't know. I just didn't, I didn't yeah. get, I didn't get why she was so over, overly anxious and everything, but I agree. Like though that, that did lead for a couple of humorous moments, I guess. Mm. I've got Tammy, Tina Fey's character. And I just, Tina Fey really went all out with Tammy. And initially it felt super unnecessary, this character, but I, I gradually kind of warmed to her and I actually would have preferred it if she was genuinely happy with her own company and avoided them, avoided them trying to integrate her within their group, because I think it would have actually been funnier if she was just like, no, I don't want to hang out with you guys. Stop trying to make me. But I feel like everyone seemed to have their own issue they needed to resolve. And that's why they just made sure she had one as well. When she was drinking wine with them at the end, I was like, no, Tammy doesn't need this. Tammy's balls and all, whatever she wants to do. Like uh, I thought that would have been really funny. And I think they missed a beat with that. Yeah, apparently Tina Fey was meant to be one of the main characters, but she had like a scheduling conflict. So to me, her getting there at the end, just drinking with him is just like, cool. Let, let's this prob- That's probably the scene <laughs> yeah. where they actually were drinking uh, real wine because it's like, oh, Tina's done one day of work. Let's uh, let's celebrate with her tonight. Because, yeah, right, buddy. Yeah, I, I had this in my um, takes for a little bit later on, but for me, um, and it might be a bit controversial, I, I just didn't feel like this character suited her at all. Uh, and it, to me, she just felt really off. Um, mm. I just didn't feel her, didn't feel her at all. And it was like almost a waste of space. Yeah, it was a bit like that. When she, especially when that first scene when she was on, I was like, do we need this? Why do we yeah. need anyone showing them the house? Like, I, yeah. do you just want Tina Fey in this movie is what it felt like. And it'd be fine if they were trying to promote that idea. It's, you can be okay by yourself. You don't need to, to yeah. they didn't follow that through with anyone else. So it didn't really. Uh, but it wasn't even the, 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 the issue was that, oh, by the way, Tammy's got her own issue as well. And we're going to solve this one too. Like I've got enough issues with you women to sort out. We don't need to do add another one. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. Director, Amy Poehler. We, we, we've talked about her as a character, obviously better known for performances, 91 separate acting credits, which is pretty cool. Um, six directing credits, few episodes 
of Parks and Rec, um, did a TV movie called Dumb Prince in 2016. And then also Moxie, which is a Netflix original, which we'll get to in about 2033. Um, it's, it's, it's a 2021 film, so um, we'll get there eventually. So she's done another Netflix original this year, has she? Yes, it's a. I remember it came out at the start of this year. Um, pumped up pretty pretty well. We've got the the uh, novel in the school library under the 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 uh, new reads. So uh, it's a it's another uh, female empowered. Sort of film, I'm pretty sure. Comedy, Moxie. Moxie. But is it a comedy? Sorry. Oh, comedy. Um, I'm not sure. I don't know. It's a good question. It'd be interesting if, if it's not. Yeah. Good. All right. Um, Tom, talk about some scenes. What are some ones that you did enjoy in this? All right. It's just a couple. Any <laughs> reference to Val's new knees, I thought was funny. <laughs> like I, I did enjoy her doing the, the cartwheels and stuff, but I just loved it when they were walking and, and I and Abby goes. How are you going, Val? And Val just like looks really serious. She's like, "Oh no, I'm I'm fine." These new knees, like you have no idea what these new knees get. <laughs> I just love the references to her new knees, um, and I just this is just something that I really laughed at. Probably the thing, I, only thing I really laughed at, and it's not even that funny when I'm going to say it now. But when they come home from that first night out and they're eating McDonald's, and again, Val, the light is she just goes. <laughs> And there's going to be have to be a language warning because I'm just going to quote <laughs> the film. But <laughs> she just goes, fuck Ronald McDonald for making filo fish. Fuck him 10 ways from Sunday. <laughs> I, I, had that, I had that in my um, in scenes I like too, just because I was like, a Mac has run after a night out is so yeah. relatable. <laughs> it, was, it was great. And just the way you like, I just have to eat it. And I'm like, I'd be the same with like a double quarter. I'm like, I just have to eat a double quarter. The way she's just like, fucking Ronald McDonald, you bastard, you got me again. I think I'm going um, to get Maccas for lunch. Now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm putting it out there. <laughs> I and the only other thing I've got, I actually like, and I didn't think I was going to. I actually like the tarot card reading scene. It, it gave the story some direction because I think at this point you weren't necessarily sure where it was going and what they were going to do. But it was basically just saying you guys are going to go through some, some stuff here where you're going to open up with each other. But I, it also got pointed with each character with their individual moments, and and I actually really laughed when Naomi got the um the death card and she just went fuck me like i just i thought it was just it was a nice they had like probably 30 seconds each with the card summing up something about them i actually kind of liked it good and there's another language warning too that we'll um, add on to this episode <laughs> um the yeah like i like that macca's run i uh the only real laugh that i had in this and um i think i'd even seen this in the trailer was when they're at the they're out at the winery and naomi you know takes the mic off the band tells them to play eternal flame and, oh, yeah. and then she gets on the piano and just falls off i i did laugh at that i thought that, that was, was funny that actually was funny. you're right um and then the my la- other things that i like i like parts and then the follow-through i didn't like so i'm still going to include him in things that i liked i thought rocking up to that art show that um jade had i was like this artwork of the nanny is cool. I love the nanny. The nanny was, was <laughs> Fran Drescher was like, when I was younger, I was like, she's banging. I really, I really, really, really liked Fran Drescher. <laughs> thought she was hilarious and miles and, um, yeah. you know, what's his name? CC. CC. Yeah. Oh, I, did, I just brought back memories Mr. of that Sheffield. show. Yeah. Mr. Sheffield. I just oh, I brought back memories of uh, enjoying that show, but then uh, um, okay. I did hate that scene. <laughs> From the follow-on where it was just this class of, clash of uh, cultures or clash of um, generations. Um, and the other thing was 
<laughs> Rebecca towards the end um, puts her back out and that was fine. But then I did laugh when the next morning when Naomi walks in and finds her on the floor and she's like, I've been here all night. Um, and I found that funny. But then the, the rant about raccoons and the poor prince of the raccoons, I was like, that, that just ruined it. Like I did, did not need this ramble. It was a very park and rec sort of ramble. Um, that was just I didn't buy the raccoons. And okay. you saw the poor print on yeah, the beach. I was like... <laughs> Um, so yeah, so that's that's me done uh, with the good scenes. What are some things that you didn't like in this? I didn't like the scene in the spa when they were talking about Prince. I thought that was one of those scenes that just lingered. And 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 you know when you you do a lingering scene to get humor, she's like, oh, this is still going where they're talking about nothing in particular. I know it was the whole like, hey, we're both drunk and we're we feel like we're talking really deep, but didn't like that scene. And apparently um, that, that's another one of those in-jokes that I read about uh, afterwards. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because Maya Rudolph's in like a Prince. A Prince yeah. cover band or something. And it's like, that's another thing that you just feel left out on when you look at it later. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, the art show sucked, man. Like, I, I, fair <laughs> enough. You have your connection with, with the nanny was fine. <laughs> but uh, it just, that, that scene just tried a bit too hard. And I kind of felt like I was watching a different movie. I didn't know we were, like, the young people in that scene were just, so cartoonish that it was just too much like it wasn't like they were real they're looking at them like they were people from the wild and they were just like oh look at these people and their theories and how ironic this is like yeah, it was it didn't it didn't work for me at all and was, again i hated the fact that jay just turned yeah. to a different person they were so pretentious that and we'd never seen any moment of jade in you know that she seemed to be getting along with them so well at the restaurant and everything that we'd never seen a moment yeah. where you'd think that she was like that 100 percent. so and the last thing i have is when Devin Stroll. I didn't. I didn't mind the gag of the paella um, constantly being cooked, and he's like, "Hey, it's going to be another couple of hours. Hey, it's going to be ready tomorrow." I didn't mind that, but I hated it when he just rolls at the door and he's like, "Any chance you want to have sex?" I was just like, "What? Where did this come from?" I don't. I don't care. I don't think it's funny. Um, and then Amy Polar takes about thirty seconds to reply. Um, yeah, I didn't like that scene. And her reply, I can't remember off the top of my head exactly what it was. It was just not a good reply either. It was like, it was like, sure. Yeah, something. it was like fine or something like that. And I was just like, yeah. yeah, it was not good. And I didn't like his uh, his follow through at the end where he's talking about like, oh, you know, my job's been done. I'm like, I didn't even know that your job was to make sure that these guys were friends. That was never highlighted at all. Your, your job was literally there to sleep with them. And I think that was supposed to be the gag though. Yeah, that, okay. that he, he, thought it was, he thought it was his job when it actually just like wasn't. Good. It was a weird um, character. I did, any scene in this where they broke into a song, a dance, started flossing, I just thought not funny, not engaging. Yep. It might be fun for them, like, cool, we're a bunch of mates. Let's sing a song together on a bus and just film it and put it on a movie. Yeah, that's great. But for mm. me, it was just like happened too many times and wasn't fun. Um, and I know that you like this, but the the tarot card um, reading for uh. me, it was just too, um, too in your face putting word for word, exactly what each character was going to face or what they were facing. Yeah. And I, I think that in a, a film that where you've already done that intro, where you have, um, you know, multiple flashes between each character and what they're doing and what they're up to, you sort of switched on already um, through what's going on that I just didn't need that explicit um, reading as well. I get that. This film can get away with it because it's not cerebral enough that it can do stuff in your face. And yeah. I think the only reason I liked it is because I actually found a little bit of funny as well. Yeah, and that, that's the the payoff for that scene is that it, it tries yeah. to make it humorous. And, um, you know, the where Jenny just sort of 
<laughs> cuts and she's gone like that 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 sort of pace <laughs> that was funny yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly um all right well, what, what's this one trying to say what are some themes or some ideas dare we dare we say friendship is a uh, is quite a, quite a big part of this film but it, it's the whole idea of uh, honesty in friendship uh, and this is this is a good one for you know you don't have to be a 50 year old woman to be able to relate to that that's that's you know you can be a 15-year-old male and still the idea of honesty and friendship is really important and I think they all genuinely want to be there for each other but they need to be brave enough to ask for help and admit that things aren't going well like the, the way that when Abby revealed that she had lost her job just the way that they reacted was so genuine and, and full of humility and they wanted to be there for her but they didn't know anything was wrong I, I think in essence these are these are all really good friends with each other um whether you just go in like a friendship group rut or something like that, because I think you're fine with your close friends that whenever things go wrong, they are there for you no matter what. Um, if things don't have to be horrible for you to admit that something's wrong, you can just be there. Uh, as long as you're honest with your friends about what's going on in your life, they'll be there for you regardless of how big or small it is. Um, yeah. And the other, the other thing that it does talk about is that the decisions that you need to make in life Never stop. You never have to stop making all these decisions about what you're going to do next. And obviously, there's a career component of that, but there's a relationship component of that. There is a health component of that. There's everything. But particularly as you age, these decisions are going to keep coming up, coming up, and they're going to be different uh, for everyone. They're going to be different at every age. But you know, this talks about how the fact that you can't shy away from all these big decisions that are going to hit you. Yeah, I, yeah that I'll lead into that first. That that idea that you've just yeah spoken about where. Um, they said this, you know, age isn't just a number. And I guess it's a bit of a change up from a lot of the, the films that we have looked at on this podcast, where we're looking at a, a lot of films where it's about growing up or, or, or taking that next step in society, where this is that one where it's that, that change up where you, you're looking at where do I go next in my life rather than, um, you know, I'm, I'm becoming an adult where these guys are already adults. And it's, it's that situation mm. of, um, you know, what, what's our next stress or ne- what's our next issue. But leading back into like, when you were talking about that friendship idea too, like, and maybe it's more American centric where a lot of people move off to different cities to, to follow their careers and things. But that idea of sometimes you do just need to reconnect or re-switch that dial to reconnect like old times um, because mm. sometimes you do drift off a bit and, and it's harder to, when you have that time away from each other to, to come back in and, and be like old times because so many things have happened in between that, that close knit friendship that you did have when you were younger, I guess. Um, yeah. yeah. And, nice. and that tooth with that communication as well, they, they do do it a fair bit. Whereas, and they did it in one scene in that restaurant, everyone's on their phones too. And, and for these people to connect and for these, the friendship to regrow and for them to work out and talk and communicate with each other, they need to put down those devices. Mm. Um, and I like that actually. Yeah. Good. All right. Well, what did you take away from this film? I didn't take away too much. I think the one thing I did take away the most is probably Paula Pell and, and how I probably want to see her do more stuff and see if that comedy translates because I thought she was very funny. Um, and probably that combined with the fact that Amy Poehler doing the same thing again and wanting to see her do more. But if someone talks to me about wine country, I'm probably going to say, well, if you've seen Parks and Rec, you've seen Amy Poehler's character. Um, yeah. True. But yeah, they're probably the two main things I take out of it. Yeah, the, I've, we've already covered what I what I was going to talk about. I guess where Tina Fey's character didn't work for me, and the other one were these unresolved um, issues. I guess with the characters, and in particular um, with Rebecca and her husband Brian. 
Yeah, he was <laughs> he was just a, this gamer that sat there and did nothing, and there was no resolution. I would have liked to have seen. Well, that's her. all we saw of him as well. That's yeah. the problem. Like it's yeah. not like we saw him being this absolute asshole. No, but and we we they told us enough that he was a horrible guy. So I just would have liked some final resolution that you know true. he's gone. Um, that's about it. Well, she slept with Devon, Jesse. So see, and I, and I didn't that. It's like a takeaway comment that I was like, was that just a joke that she's like, oh yeah, I did as true. well, or, I, or was it actually? I don't know. I think it's. I think it was like almost meant to be just a gag. But then also, if you want to leave with a resolution of Rachel moving on from her, sorry, Rebecca moving on from her husband, that's that's what you gave me. We're yeah. going to give you this bone. Yeah. Take it. Yeah, true. Uh, time to talk about IMDb. Did you go on to IMDb to look anyone up throughout this? There's a lot of people in this film that I knew, um, so obviously didn't do it for them. But again, Paula Pell, I jumped on because I didn't know her. Um, and she's obviously part of the whole Saturday Night Live crew. A lot of writing credits, a lot of voice roles, um, but nothing really stood out. She's one of the voices in Big Mouth, which is a show that I like a lot. And obviously, when you hear it, you're like, oh, that's right, of course. Um, she was in Inside Out and things like that. But yeah, I'd love to see. She's got that kind of Melissa McCarthy vibe to her, that that real sort of brash humor, which um, which I yeah I liked. I think like Melissa McCarthy in Bridesmaids is like all time. That's she's she's just kicking goals in that. Um, and I think, yeah, Paul Appel's got some of those qualities. Good, good observation. Um, I jumped on for Devin, the cook, um, played by Jason oh, yeah. Schwartzman, because at first I was like, he looks like the guy from Rebirth, which was a movie we did a long, long time ago on um, Flix Forum. Obviously wrong with that. Um, and then I was like, lots, lots and lots of stuff. And I was like, ah, oh, he's from Poker King. That was where, um, yeah, he was Mickey um, Pizzazz in Poker King. So I knew I'd seen him somewhere in something that we'd done. He's in a bunch of stuff too. Yeah. He's in a lot of Wes Anderson stuff, I think. Yes, that is very true. Um, do you have any questions that you wanted to ask? I don't know if you can ask this, and I, or maybe you can ask this. I'm just an idiot. But at the restaurant, when Val was talking to uh, Jade, how does she do that haunted napkin thing? That, that was, was cool, kind of like <laughs> a kitty kind of gag. But I was like, I don't know how she did that. That looks great. <laughs> Good pick. Yeah, no, I'm uh, not very good with those. I, I got stuck on TikTok last night uh, looking at this dude that was doing all these magic tricks on TikTok with cards. And um, I was reading through the hundreds of comments about people talking about how they did it. I'm not very good with uh, working that stuff out. So, <laughs> so nah, no response for you. All right, good. I'll have to keep looking. <laughs> um, this was me just trying to overanalyze this, I think. So the title, we've got, it's, it's Wine Country. So if you think about the other type of wine, like I'm complaining about something. Is it a, is it a double meaning where because these these girls are constantly complaining about each other and these side chats with two people throughout is this is that do you reckon that was intentional i don't know but i like it i think it works i think if you really wanted to do it you'd you'd actually spell it w-h-i-n-e true Uh, and that that actually almost works better but wine is ah, just a bit of a crappy word for it yeah they're not really whining but i i i get it yeah I don't know. It was just me overthinking. Um, the only other thing, so at the start, they go around this tour of the house and show off the kitchen, show off the, the spa and all that sort of stuff. And they talk about this water feature and they're like, you know, stay away from it. None of the toilets will work, blah, blah, blah. Huge setup for a big joke with shit going everywhere. Do you think that this was a cutscene that there was an actual gag to do with that? Or is that just me overthinking? Or was, was it like Tina Fey makes like a small comment about what, she did once. I can't even remember what it was. Yeah. Was that the catalyst? Is that, is that the joke? a gag? Because you're yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. 
Because that could have been a great, that. that could have been a great gag. Someone turns it off and then the whole yeah, that's actually <laughs> that's actually very true, especially yeah. when they're all hung over doing ADs yeah. across there. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh well, um, that's it. That's it from me. So I think we're time to wrap this one up and um, give the film a rating out of five and give us a, an average for Flicks Forum. Where are you going with this? Well, my my rating hasn't changed after our discussion, which is nice. Um, I, I can totally see this appealing to people who have gone through similar friendship things within their own group. I think the humour is there and I think the relatability would help draw it out. For me, it was fine. It, it was fine. I, I had a couple of chuckles. I enjoyed a couple of bits, but it's certainly nothing to write home about. But it's still two and a half stars. Nice. Good. Um, I think for me, I've got to ignore the fact that you go in thinking it's a comedy because for me, it, I didn't get enough laughs. I do think that the characters like were fairly well sort of defined in each of their parts, although a lot of the follow through wasn't there. And this is one of those films where, you know, the back end gives you some of those nice sort of feels where, um, you know, okay, I can sort of get into this, but it all comes a little bit too late. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm giving it a two out of five. So not horrible, but sort of sits mm. there. Um, it gives us a 2.25 as Flicks Forum. Feels right. Feels 2.25 right. feels good. Good. We're on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Hit us up if you can. Um, this question for social media is, what's your, what, what's your choice, red or white wine? If you have to pick one. Uh, not a huge wine man, but so I would probably go with red. I'm a, I'm a champagne man if you wanted a... Well, that's white. I love, <laughs> love champagne. Yeah, but it's... Yeah, I, I don't like like a... Savvy B or anything like that, but I do like a sparkling. Yeah, I'm not a big wine drinker. It, it, the the acid in it gives me asthma really badly. So, um, but if I do have a glass, I'll jump on um, jump on the red. I think that's the give me yeah. a pain, give me a pinot, um, and I'll I'll knock back a few of those. Just don't mix them in with the beers, otherwise you get a big headache the next day. <laughs> uh, <laughs> drinking lessons with Jesse. Well, I feel like I've spoken a bit about drinking today. I'm not an alcoholic, I promise. Um, next, oh, this, week- this is a movie about <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Um, next week we're back again with another Netflix original film, and this one is again from 2019. It's a drama. It's called Good Sam. It's directed by Kate Melville, and it stars Tyre Seeker, Chad Connell, Marco Grazzini, Jesse Camacho, and Mark Camacho. Hmm? Brothers, twins, I don't know, but we'll find out. Good Sam. Never heard of it. Let's uh, hmm. see how we go. Yeah. So, um, as usual, thank you for joining me today and, and having a chat about this film. Thank you. No, it was a lot of fun. I, um, I didn't hate watching it. It was all right. Good. And um, I'll see you next week. You will. See you then.